Boss! 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 Welcome in to At The Buzzer, official name, I believe, continuing on. And we are a... The Ralphie Total Radio, Ralphie Radio Podcast. What is it? No, Total Ralphie Radio. Total Ralphie Radio Podcast. Uh, I don't do still, it. Yeah, still the same two idiots that don't know the name of the show. Woo! <laughs> um, we still talk about Colorado Athletics, which has had quite a week. Um, and we are going to talk about all parts of that week. And when you might be asking yourself, when you say we, who do you mean? What do you mean? Um, and it's the same two that I always mean. One co-host is me, Jack. Hello. The other co-host is Sam over there. Hello. Hello. Yeah, and hopefully we will. This is the this is the new era of our podcast. Yeah. This is our first we had a first era where we tried and we were excited about it, <laughs> and we had guests. We had themes. Jeremy Bloom. Never forget. Shout out Jeremy Bloom. The second podcast, which I attribute myself a lot yeah, of the blame. That middle was wall the kind area. Of, yeah. The little dead-eyed period. Well, we can blame Carl Durrell for that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I think we would. <laughs> um, and uh, hopefully this is our third. Yeah, for SEO purposes, we're we... calling this the Coach Prime era of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. because apparently downloads are what matters now instead of a flat rate per month. So please think we're on Spotify. Please yep. share. We're on Spotify. Rate five stars. This is literally the first time we've ever said this on the fucking pod. We're on You everything. can rate and review and leave us a three and a half star comment if you can. Hey, good news. All press is good press, man. Give us one star. Give us all of it. Yeah. Just don't. Actually, don't. Don't do that. I'm kidding. Unless you unless you think we deserve it. If you think we deserve it, then give us one star. Um. And, uh, yeah, we're getting some more insight into our numbers and stuff. Anyways, um, you know, we're excited. We're excited to do all this. We're glad that we can continue to do this. We have always said we do this for fun and nothing else, and we hope that lack of work ethic shows through in our work. Um, and I, I think it will continue <laughs> to do so. Um, yeah, it's, it's, we only do it because I'm already, I'm already doing this to friends, and uh, I figured why not put a mic in front of me. Um, by this, I mean talking about CU Sports. And we have a few to go through. Um, I guess let's start with what might take up the meaty portion of our podcast schedule here. Um, earlier this week, the University of Colorado men's basketball team on Sunday played the Utah Valley Thunderbirds at Coors Event Center, who uh, knocked off a, a feisty New Mexico team. And they, they came into Boulder and ended CU's season. 81-69, to 69, nice, was the final score, I believe. Um, and that at, officially ends the 2022-23 Colorado Buff season. We've post-mortemed our way through the, the latter half once we figured out we weren't an NCAA tournament team. Um, but now that the game, the uh, whole thing is officially done and dusted, we can um, more officially break out our uh, reports and, and stats and thoughts and blah, blah, blah about uh, where we are and where we're going. Um, let me just start with that specific game. Um, you know, a lot of thoughts going around there. Skeleton crew, of course, for CU. I'll say two things, and I'll start with one before I kick it off to Sam. Um, Trey Woodbury might be my favorite player of all time for Utah Valley. He is the cool. That was incredible. I didn't realize I he didn't play until March for this year. He literally didn't oh. play. 
until Mar- yeah, let me let me show you his gameplays. Um wait, is Utah Valley the Wolverines now? Oh my god, I'm sorry. They're the Wolverines. I'm already an idiot. Um Yeah, Trey Woodbury this year. Oh no, he played all games this year. It was last year he came in in March. Um yeah. fifth year senior though. That was a dude who just knew what he he had it. He knew he had it, and uh, I love him. I love him so much. He could be a sixth year senior, depending on what he tries to do with that. Those two games played last year, he could probably go for a medical red shirt. Maybe, maybe he's a transfer target for us. Oh God, I hope so. Yeah, that would be. I mean, twenty five boards, seven or twenty five point seven boards, seven assists. Three for four from three, eight from 11 from two, 11 to 15 overall for a 73% oh. field goal percentage. He's making all kinds of bullshit, too, on Tristan guarding him closely, cooking Hammond and Neek. Um, he, he, he made every right decision every time. When he dumped it off, it was the per- perfect time to dump it off. When he yeah. shot his weird banks, it was the perfect time to shoot his – he just knew he had yeah. it. And uh, I'll be honest, see you without KJ Simpson with a – Iffy Jalen Gabadon and uh, with Ethan Wright playing 39 minutes is not going to do it against a guy like that. It's just not. Okay, so. you don't bait me yet with the the Ethan Wright thing. I before that, this team, Utah Valley, who apparently we are going to talk about more than the Buffs because <laughs> they would finish. I I think that they would finish like third in the Pac-12. They were pretty good. I like the big guy too, Aziz. Uh, what is yeah. it? Ben, ben, Bendigo, Bendogo. Um, and the other guard they had, Justin Harmon, also pretty good. 18 points, 63% from the field. They could mm-hmm. not miss, man. Their team as a whole shot 57%. Yeah, I field. didn't realize they beat Oregon on the road earlier this year, too. Yeah, man. Um, th- I mean, this was when Oregon was having like a death spiral. Yeah. But still, they are, they are a very good team. Like they just um, play so cohesively. Um, but yeah. yes, uh, 39 minutes for Ethan Wright. Who would have thought that before the end yep. of the season? Yeah. Um, those were 39 good minutes, I will say. Uh, Ethan Wright, this is this is how we're kicking off the postmortem. Ethan Wright is exactly what we needed him to be at the end of the year. This That's exactly the type of player we were missing. Yeah, like 30 games too late. Hey man, he he showed up. That's more than some players can really say. <laughs> he hits open shots, he makes the right pass, he has just enough off the bounce verve to kind of make things happen. I I was really happy with how he played at the end of the year. 14 points, four rebounds, one and a half assists, 43% on six threes per game. That's really good. Really good. That's the role player we thought we were getting. Or, yeah, I mean, that's exactly. better than the role player we thought we were getting. Uh, and I, w- I wish we had that all year. I mean, more than just making shots, I, we needed someone from the wing for 30 goddamn games that would take a shot. Like, Javon yeah. Ruffin was the one guy who would take a shot for mm-hmm. most of the regular season who wasn't K.J. Simpson. Um, or, like, make a quick decision with the ball. Right. And Wright was ready to shoot in these last few games when he caught the ball, which is, like, such a small, stupid thing. But tell you what, most people who took those minutes most of this year were not ready to shoot the ball and look at the basket. Uh, Quincy Allen was, but that was all he was well, ready to do. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did it go in? No. Often it careened off the backboard in, in insane fashion. But um, yeah, I Ethan Wright thirty eight nine minutes. Tristan De Silva thirty eight minutes. This leads us to the other thing I want to talk about. Um, we are heavy loss and lovering defenders, and I'm so glad for him that this game against the whack defensive player of the year. It's not like it's Aziz Bendogo's nothing. Lawson Lovering goes for 21 points and not just on dunks. 21 points on legit in interior scoring. A little push shot, a little hook action, a little post up, little passes. Um, he showed mm-hmm. a lot. He looked I, he looked happy. Well, he looks angry a lot, um, which is good. I think CU needs people that play angry, but he definitely also looked uh yeah ecstatic when when on the offensive side of the ball and not mad at himself which is usually what we see um catching balls he's getting better at catching those passes um and and i think maybe this is also too nice to him but i think he did a good job on the defensive side of the ball as well like we just said aziz bandogo is is not a nothing he is a good player um and he was did okay ended up with 12 points seven boards but not everything he generally is this year. Um, that's that was under a little bit under his season out average this year. Definitely under his average for boards. Um, I don't know. I thought he did well on both sides, and I'm happy that we can look at that and build on that for next year. With hopefully we can build on that next year for Lawson, um, leading scorer for CU. Who would have guessed? Yeah. Um, what was the starting lineup? Ethan Wright was starting. Ethan Wright, Julian Hammond, Silva, O'Brien, Lovering, Nick Clifford. Oh my God! Nick Clifford is point guard. Oh okay, yeah okay. How'd that go? It was uh, fine. Hey, the offense in, was fine. I, uh, not kind. Of, I mean, Lovering bailed them the hell out in the first half. I thought. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. I don't know. Hammond was not good this game and uh, might have been hurt or something. I don't know why he's on the bench, but oh boy, CU's guard play was just terrible. Are we are we getting into the nitty gritty? Because I have I have stats ready too on any of these players you're mentioning. Yeah, I guess specifically let's go one. Let's move past this game and start talking about this season as a whole. I believe CU finished this season eighteen and seventeen, so still a winning record, of course. Um, not to twenty, and- tough. Yeah, not not quite twenty wins, um, and I, we are all all eyes on the future. Um, I guess I'll kick this off by saying what what Tab Boyle said in his post game press conference, which was, which was a lot. Um, very complimentary of Utah Valley. Said a few things that I thought stood out. Number one, he said what I was thinking watching this, which was, "Look, this game was pretty simple. They had a guy named Trey Woodbury, and we didn't." And uh, <laughs> you know, I think that is a uh, ominous sign for guards currently on the roster as Tabroil goes through his one-on-one meetings that generally are the off-season coal or when the off-season coal starts under Tab Boyle is on those one-on-one meetings where he's very honest with what he sees their role as next year. Um, some other things he said, he said a lot of work to do. This team just wasn't tough enough and we didn't think, it, you know, it was disappointing. He said the only guy on the team with a defensive mentality consistently was Lawson Lovering, and that's not good enough. Um, so a few different things to be said there. Um, that last bit I thought was was really interesting as we look at potential personnel moves as well, because um, there may be some t- players that um, 
we thought may be kept due to their defensive uh, prowess. But if Taboyle doesn't see it, then maybe not. Um, so, yeah, he's also looking towards next season in the offseason. It sounds like he's expecting some movement um, and maybe pushing for some movement potentially, which we've seen him do before when he's not happy, especially with guards. Um, so I thought that was an interesting uh, offseason. I, I don't think he dis- I don't think he thinks these kids are bad kids or anything. Of course not. But I do think he's upset with the mentality of the team. Yeah, I mean, also, like, just the general consistency and the effort um, that you want. Like, the way he coaches, you have to put in the work to get better throughout the year. You have to show up every day to get better. Or it's like, you're not going to, he doesn't, no one's going to get babied, I guess. I don't know how to say that. But, um, well, I, <laughs> we've seen here's, so here's the success stories right george king looked sure. awful as a freshman he was bad yeah. enough where taboyle said you will not play this next year so you can either redshirt here and we want to develop you because we think you have potential or you can leave but you will not play right george king took the redshirt year and did what you're talking about of not being babied you are expected to work past what taboyle tells you to do if you want to do what other people have George King did that. Sophomore year becomes a Pac-12 breakout player, sixth man of the year, scorer of the year, blah, blah, blah. We go to the tournament because of that, right? Spencer Dinwiddie, similar thing. Derek White, similar thing. Especially on the guards, you need to do more, but if you do, you can do whatever you want. You will get to the NBA. That's It's it's pretty clear-cut at this point under Tab Oil's program. Um, and I don't think he's happy with the mentality of some of the guards and wing players when it comes to that. And what they are working on, and can they be the alpha, and can they lock up? He talks about this all the time in every offseason. Is he wants a lead guard who accepts the challenge of guarding the other dude every time? He wants the guy who says, "Put me on their best dude every time." Offensively, sure, but he wants the guy who's like, "I'm going to guard their best guy." That's why I like the Eli Parquet so much. That's why I love Eli Parquet, right? Because that was Parquet. Every I time. love Eli Parquet. Um, and that's something that CU is missing, I think. Um, and I also, think Ted Boyle is also thinking. Okay, so yes, in that Utah Valley game, I was thinking, I don't I don't know why it hasn't hit me yet this year. I think I've noticed it, but it didn't really like come to fruition. We are not very physical. We're not very strong. Like no one on this team is physically imposing except Luke O'Brien in a way. Like he's yeah. literally the only plus athlete I, on the I team. I don't agree with that. I think okay. Hadley was intimidating. No. <laughs> I mean, do you have a factual example? You see, it doesn't count of a team that isn't intimidating physically. Are you going to no, say Oregon? Because I, mean, I disagree. No, no, no. I wasn't thinking of Oregon. I'm thinking of um, like ASU usually has these guys who are just kind of like up in your face and like literally just strong. I, I'm thinking what? what? Who the hell are ASU? you talking about? Lou Dort? Wait, I was thinking Lou Dort in my head. That's I was one also thinking, guy, man. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Who is tiny? Who is the guy? Uh, I'm gonna have to look at the roster. I know there was that guy named Shaq something who just destroyed us one year. Uh, that was who I was thinking of, Lou Dort and him. Shaq Richardson, uh, but, that what UW football two way player no, no, that no, 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 rushed no, for two no, touchdowns. No no, no. no, no, there was a there was a player on Arizona State League 2017 who I, who I didn't mean to think about. Um, 
Oh, I guess Devin Cambridge isn't that big. Okay, so when you say intim- no one on the team is intimidating, you've you've had two players in the span of six years on ASU. No, no, no. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I didn't, I didn't mean that. I also didn't mean intimidating. I meant more just like. Do you have prior CU examples that might be no, easier? Like, Parquet, maybe. Parquet. Yeah. George King being literally just strong basketball players. Like yes. where they I, drive I and saying. they don't just get bumped off, or like I know. I mean, honestly, strength, Junior Year Dinwiddie, Junior Year Dinwiddie was incredibly strong. Derek White, I yeah. thought, was very strong with the ball. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, okay, so you do get what I'm saying. Um, McKinley Wright, but, incredibly strong, especially for his size. This team is like that. That I mean, I think Hadley is that, but I think Hadley his like athleticism is limited. Like he's not a vertical athlete. So he, that's kind of what I was thinking of like hit positionally. It matters but I think CU that. still missed that when Hadley went down, down the stretch. Like I think Hadley yeah. was absolutely a bully, especially with Luca Bryan out there for offensive boards. Like Luca Bryan gets so many boards because he is that guy in the air where he's going to jump up and he's going to take the space because he's that thick or that fast. Mm-hmm. Off the top. Like that helps. And that's something that Taz is looking for. I agree. Um, and I yes, okay. So your overall point is what that CU is missing that that physicality. They're missing that physicality. I think that they're also missing like an explosive athlete, in a way. Like KJ is quick. I I would consider KJ explosive, up. but he's not yeah, strong. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, exactly. Um, it would be nice to have, I don't know, someone who's strong and explosive. Which we'll get, but sure. I think everyone wants that, but you can also go to the tournament as a CU team without that. I think um, we've seen that before. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe uh, Courtney Anderson is who you're talking think, about. Literally, the, oh, that's good. Like he is a son of a NFL linebacker who's six five, two twenty, and has a yeah. like forty inch vert. So like, yeah, uh-huh. but he's a I'm freshman, excited about that. You know? He's a freshman. Yeah. And maybe that's R.J. Smith. I doubt it, but maybe that's R.J. Smith. I don't know. Maybe I think. That's I think it. I think no. It's definitely not Herbert. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, I was. I. I just. It jumped out at me because I was thinking like Utah Valley should not be like a noticeably more athletic team than us. I don't know and if I, I would say I that they. Well, they. the team that played Utah Valley, they are more athletic than that team. Absolutely, yeah. they are. Um. Yeah, and th- it, this this shambling, rambling wreck down the stretch has been tough to watch athletically. Gabadon is probably the best. At, I mean, on paper, so we talked about Clifford, this. I think, but uh, doesn't matter. No, no. I mean, Nick Clifford, up. he doesn't really apply his athleticism into basketball. So uh, let's hold on. Yeah, let's yeah. uh let's. I, I derailed us a bit more. Yeah. So. Yeah. Looking at the season as a whole, like I said, we want to look at the, the present and past before we look at the future. So um, we might do this deeper into the offseason with some guests who know what they're talking about more than we do. <laughs> um, but for now, let's just talk real quick. Um, we finished the season. Who is a player that surprised you positively, surprised you the most uh, this year? Yes, because the Ralph Report is built on being positive. You mean total, shiny. Total Ralphie Radio? Well, yeah, but it's still the Ralphie Report. That's true. That's true. Which was built around shitty football and being like, oh, I think Tony Jones will have a good year this year. Um, 
Um, I'm stalling a little bit. Give me Luke O'Brien. That's a great pick. I think that's a great pick. Who's? Do you have a pick? Yeah, I have a few. Um, I was not expecting Javon Ruffin to do what he did, but I thought he was very good when he played. Um, and I'm worried that he's having another knee surgery because three in, in two years is tough. But I loved seeing uh-huh. him out there. Um, did, did he? Is he getting a knee surgery? Yes. Oh shit! Okay, I didn't yeah. know that. So we, we can talk about this when we're talking about potential um, personnel for next year. But Ruffin is up there for me on the bench. I was pleasantly surprised with Hadley and how much he was featured early on. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think he's a 30-minute-a-guy player at the Power 5 level. And I don't think we even recruited him to be that, but just ended up happening that way because of how much of the wing was just terrible. <laughs> um, so, like... When he did do that, and you're like, well, you know, you'll take 30 minutes from that guy if that's what he does. I was very pleasantly surprised. And next year, if he slots into a more traditional, like, 18 to 20-minute energy wing big guy, yeah, we're going to be super happy. We're going to be super happy with, with that uh, output. Yeah, because so. he's just he's just a rock. Like, you know exactly what he's going to give you. He's going right. to be consistent. Right. Um, I, I was just having an argument with uh, one of my friends about about CU basketball because this is what I do, I guess. I just fight with friends all the time. But um, you know, you're saying that he we're wants not to, fighting, are we? He, he was saying he wants to replace a lot of the roster with better options. He was talking about how Lovering isn't quite there. He wants to replace Lovering with someone who's ready to win now and can run the floor because he wants to play really fast next year. As, and you know, exactly, Sam. That that face is what I was making. But past that, anyways, when you're talking about a big or an interior guy that can run the floor, there is no better option than Javon Hadley. He will he sprinted down the floor a few times early mm-hmm. in the season and got easy dunks because no one cared that you know no one was there. So anyways, Javon Hadley, surprising player, pick. Uh yeah, I picked I mean I, I also like Javon. I was thinking he didn't play that much in conference play, so I kind of took him off um my thoughts. But Luke O'Brien, too. I guess he didn't really play as much either until Hadley got hurt. Um, but once he got into that starting lineup, I've talked about him a lot on here, but uh, I'm just so happy with his effort and going so hard on the boards. That was his job. He made it work. He also pushed the ball in transition, made yep. a lot of really nice plays. He tried to dunk the hell out of the ball on some UCLA guy, I think. Yep. Um, it's just like that, that, that his energy was so essential to this team because he was the only one doing that type of stuff. Um, and again, part of that is because the wing depth turned out not to be very good. And yeah, but I, I mean, I could see a starting role for him next year, especially if he um, gets his three point shot back to where it was last year because it was a little bit. Colter him. Uh, so the uh, I, I just the, the staff the the note I always repeat on Luke O'Brien is he was he was recruited as a tall shoot first point guard, which is hilarious yeah. to me every time because it's like yeah because he's now an none energy of that worked forward. and he still found a way. So I love I love <laughs> that I love that yeah. Um, and he also is a Chad. Which I think oh, absolutely. I, I look, yeah. Tad cries a lot of senior days. Of course, lost his mind when Batty was a senior day, but I think he's yeah. also going to lose it when Luke O'Brien graduates next year because that's a Tad player, right? That's your Sabatino Chen, souped up Sabatino Chen player. So, yeah, souped up Sab. 
I like that. Yeah. Um, team MVP should be easy for both of us. Ready? I'm going to count down, and because of audio delay, it won't matter. Three, two, one. Tristan, Tristan. De Silva. Yeah. Okay. Easy money. Developed yeah. to a go-to score. Incredible touch. Just you know, one of those guys where he shoots a shot and you know it's going in. Um, developed some moves near the end of the season. I thought got better at passing and not turning the ball over. So developing a, a post front game, which I thought was really interesting. He mm. did some interesting fadeaway bank stuff that might be good if he comes back next year. He is he probably testing will. The, he is testing the NBA draft waters. I don't expect him to hear a first round grade, which think I think means he's coming back. But we'll see. Yeah, um, I can say uh, I'm reading stuff like I think Sam Vecini has him in the 70s or 80s rank. Yeah, that's the highest right. I've. The highest I've seen him is like sixty-one. Like that makes sense because he's he's not really an NBA athlete. Um, he's yeah. skilled. He shoots open threes really well. He has like good form and everything. He has like he's kind of what teams want from a wing who can, who like spots up and the, like they can attack a close a closeout. Yeah. Um, but again, like that lack of athleticism. Like he's a good athlete, but he's just not an NBA athlete. Right, especially in terms of like lateral quickness on defense, he struggles staying in front of quicker guys. Um, isn't really strong or vertical enough to make up for it. Um, he just, and this is easy because he's German, so it's like he'll have a great a career thing. in Europe. What? Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna say dirt no, thing. no, no. I mean, no, Oscar, no, no. Oscar de Silva is no. having a great career in Europe, so. Yeah, he's in Bar- Barcelona. Right I think now. it's a similar um, thing to Oscar de Silva, where it's just like, yeah, your athleticism is good for the college game, but it's just like the obvious half step where you're just not going to make it. Um, yeah, I would. I would though say, um, I think Tristan's game makes more sense in the NBA than mm-hmm. Oscar's does. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I do think that he's just going to be, um, like maybe he'll sign a two way contract. Like, like if Jariah Horn can kind of be a fringe NBA player. I think Tristan can if he wants to be. And I think he probably does like the U.S. Um, and being around. But it, he just seems like a player who's better suited for Europe. I mean, great. First team All-Pac-12 is, is really what you need to say there. Incredible season from him. If he comes back as a senior, expectations will be very high. I don't expect mm-hmm. the expectation. I don't think they'll be too high. But... um I would love to see him when he does come back, if he does come back, work on tightening the handle a little bit. So like you mentioned, right now, when he's attacking those hard closeouts because of how good he is at shooting, he does a nice pump fake, two dribbles in, one dribble in, and then like a you know mid-range floater or whatever, which is nice. But I like to see him do that next step of like two quick dribbles and get the interior pass and get the post up and lay up, you know, the, the next, next step of his offensive game, get a little bit better at passing. He- he's getting there. Um, and then, of course... I'm going to turn this into a Wait. I love loss and lovering comment. Um, CU's team defense this year was 29th on Ken Palm. Wait, I have something to say. No, I'm not done yet. CU's team defense okay. was 29th on Ken Palm this year, right? Really high. Top 30 defense in the country is really good. That, to me, speaks to how good loss and lovering is a team defense because you and I both know that Tristan Da Silva is not a part of a top 30 team. Like, that is oh, not a Tristan okay. Da Silva yeah, okay. number, right. I would like him to work on team defense a little bit more. I think he's semi competent now. I, I think he can do okay one on one every once in a while. But 
yeah, get get a little more active. You know, a little more Wesley Gordon in you, and you should be good. Um, I'll, I was also going to say that we were top twenty defensively before the USC game, where they just shot the lights out and crushed us. Yeah. Um, and um, so we we were better most of the season. The the Tristan thing I was going to say is that I actually like that little one or two dribbles in and then do that little mid range thing. And I think it's because we've kind of switched a little bit and like my, I have the pace and space NBA viewing of basketball yeah, where I like layups and threes. And I think that I've circled around and I just love the aesthetic of a clean mid range jumper. Yeah. I, I like this that is to me right now. I'm, <laughs> look, I'm glad you're going on your own journey, but it's just upsetting. No, 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 no. I do evangelize I've, and, um, I have, I think I was a little extreme when I was like maybe 18, 19 and kind of learning more about basketball. Um, but since then, I have learned that if you're good at mid ranges, it's an efficient shot. If you're bad at mid ranges, don't take them. That's what analytics is. Right. And just so was good at that. But I also yeah. think that it's more beneficial. He gets stuck there sometimes and then he has to pass back out mm-hmm. and like have a little bit more confidence because he's so good at those weird finishes around the rim. And you're not going to draw fouls doing a little floater, a little jump shot, two feet in, right? Like you can get in ones. He got like three in ones in a row against Utah Valley. Get those in ones Mm -hmm. with those finishes because you can do it. And maybe that's a strength thing. I don't know. But yeah. I'm trying to find his draw foul, right? So talk, talk, talk your shit, whatever you want to say. Let's move on. Most disappointing loss in moment. Or moment. I'll go first. Uh, there's a few options here. This team was extremely up and down. Um, I think I'd have to go with the cow loss on the road. That, that's just inexcusable this year. Like it really, it really mm-hmm. was. Uh, you can't lose the cow this year. You can't. You just can't. Um, they finished really, what three and twenty nine or something. Yeah, they are. Cal is impossibly bad, and three CU and has Christ. lost there when they've been bad before, but they've never been this bad. Um and that was that team was yeah they just gross they were three and twenty nine on the season but they were three and one in that four game stretch for the BCU think about that I won't I'll or I guess I will when I'm thinking about how disgusting it is that CU lost this game um CU should not have lost that game that was horrendous there are some other options here but that's the one I'm picking um Tristan's foul drawn rate is pretty bad. Yeah, it's see. lower than lower than Hammonds by a bit, lower than Simpson by a bit. That's pretty like if you're big, you should be drawing more fouls. Right, and and he can he like like we both mentioned, he can get those shots up. So I don't know. I would like Damn, to see lots of leverings was crazy high. Yeah, if you watch the Utah Valley game, it's incredible, and yeah. also people like fouling him because he can't shoot free throws. So like, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, your most um, disappointing moment. Uh, I mean, it w- it was also Cal, but um, I'll find a different one. No, okay. I have to go to the games I actually watched. Um, that first Washington game kind of set – that loss to Washington set the tone for me for what conference play yeah. is going to be like. Yeah. And the ASU loss um, too, yeah. Huh? The ASU game was brutal too because of how C collapsed. Yeah, I didn't see that one, though. Um, uh, I am mixing this up a little bit in my head with the the previous Washington loss where their shitty guard with the big hair just 
caught fire and scored like 27 points. And it was like his career high by like double. Um, but this one, no, no, no. I, I don't, I don't want to look at the. Oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. I know exactly <laughs> who you're talking about. Oh, what was his name? I want to say Oscar Sheebway, but I know it's not Oscar Sheebway. No, it's something like that, though. Um, but yeah, this game also was just, it was just, I, I don't even remember specifically. I, hmm. It, it was just obvious, like, we're, we just can't really score. The team wasn't quite what we thought it was. <laughs> Marcus Solis. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, the team isn't quite what we thought it was. Yeah. There was a few of those moments this year. It was that's, Yeah, we it can't was really just... shoot. Ah, the shooting was so – compared to last year. And it's the same people. Yeah. It's just crazy. Like this, this stuff doesn't sound that bad, but like, like eighteen turnovers, five of seventeen on threes, six Oof. of thirteen on free throws. I mean, it's like just ugly basketball. That stuff, yeah, it's just gross basketball. It's nothing really jumps out as being like, the, oh, that's a horrible game. But that's kind of the point is that it set the tone for that type right. of season, that right. type of game to be normal. Um, because we we really sucked on threes. So, let's do what went wrong first, because I think that's a good transition. We could talk about threes as a whole, yeah. as a team. That's not, to me, what went wrong. Um, this year was a disappointment because the guard play and wing play was either inconsistent or terrible for most of the year. And that's why you lose. Tristan De Silva did his job. Lawson Lovering did his job, in my opinion, this year. Um you got a notable zero most games, I think, from the two and three spots, especially when Hadley went down. And KJ Simpson is just not the guy yet where he can put the rest of that on his back. He's just not that guy yet. I don't, we shouldn't want him to be that guy necessarily either, but that's just not who he is. He'll have nights where he goes off and destroys Texas A&M and Tennessee and just, you know, Cal? all stuff. And Catwall, yeah. The last three minutes when he's yeah, trying. Exactly. Yeah, but but there's also nights where he's just not that guy. He just doesn't quite have that. And and there was no one there to pick up the slack. So I think what went wrong this year to me is is a lack of second option from the wing and guard spots. And there's a lot of dudes that did not deserve the minutes they were playing, in my I guess very frank opinion. And yeah. yeah. I will say also that um part of that is that you saw this really heavily with the USC game. Um, that opposing defenses would just swarm KJ when he tried to run pretty yep. much any offensive yep. set. Yep. And if you can force the ball out of his hands quickly, yep. those wings cannot do anything with that. Like, exactly. When you talk you about earlier, momentarily, you talked about quick decisions a moment earlier. That's to me what you're talking yeah. about. Just like, yeah. no that one could make one. Thing. Yeah. You have that like split second four on three advantage on offense. If you can hit that shot, if you can attack, if you can make the next pass, great. If you kind of just pump fake, wait, sit around, it just it's just bad. It's bad. And it's bad. again, like turnovers were a problem because again, we just don't play easy, clean basketball. Um, KJ can't carry the team like you said. It would help if he had another capable ball handler shooter to take pressure off of him. 
that would have been great. Well, I mean, I don't know. If, I, I don't know if dancing around is the right term, but let's just let's just talk about the point that we're talking about. Nick yep. Clifford went to Pac-12 Media Days. He was expected to be a guy on this team that he just wasn't. Um, he showed flashes of being able to be a secondary ball handler last year. He showed flashes of being able to lead the break. He showed flashes of being able to attack from the wing. Um, he shot 40% from three last year. Like, these are things, what you're just talking about, what we both just talked about is, like, very obvious hole on the wing that could have been filled from a guy who can take and make shots, run the secondary offense, move the guys in the right spot, hit that post entry to Tristan De Silva so he doesn't have to go back to KJ and take advantage of the attention elsewhere. And he's just not. He just wasn't that guy. And it was it was very harmful, I think, to the season this year because I think internally they expect him to be that guy. There was more than a few games where he played like two minutes in the second half, mm-hmm. sometimes zero minutes in the second Including half. Including in the pack because. Tournament. Yeah, because he got out there and just something was wrong. Just like he has so many off nights for someone who's supposed to be a starter on a good team that it's just kind of hard to see how you move forward with him in that role. Like, I don't think you can. Um, And we can talk about when we look forward in the the looking forward section, what what went what. We think might happen, but yeah, that that is to me a lot of what went wrong this year. Um, looking forward, and not to, to blame him because Ruffin was also hurt for a lot of the year. Gabadon was hurt almost all the year, and when he was playing, he wasn't really very good offensively. Ethan Wright turned it on at the end of the year, but he was mostly like he was a zero for almost all the entire I, season. This it is a it is a coaching issue, regardless yeah. of whether or not you feel like. You know, however you feel about Clifford, it is a coaching issue. They did not recognize yeah. in time to save the season what needed to happen there. It just they just didn't. Yeah. They didn't do enough with him. They didn't do enough without it. it, it that's a coaching thing. That's on Tad. Um, yeah. Not the first time he's made that mistake. I'm sure it won't be the last time. But you hope he does yeah. it less and less. Um, let's talk about what went right this year. Um, obviously, some huge wins against Tennessee and A and M and other. Pac-12 turn- NCAA tournament teams destroyed ASU on the road. Um, uh, defense top 30, once again, I think that's what we're in, right? Really good team defense. And from the team defensive leader, Lawson Lovering especially, CU now has a legit rim protector. I can't remember the last time I watched a Tad Boyle team that had like an actual, like, scared-to-go-in-there rim protector. I think the closest you got was Shane Harris Tunks, but, like, come on, you know? No. Um like Wesley Gordon for two games a year, maybe. Yeah, like it's. Uh, <laughs> I almost said something that would have been. Josh Scott's one-on-one defense is very good. Lawson Lovering is not that guy. Um, Lawson Lovering is a guy you can actively affect every drive because he's that active and that quick inside. And also, I'll be honest, everything we're talking about on the outside, I think the, I thought the guards did a pretty good cohesive job of limiting perimeter action most of the year. Um, you know, there weren't any standout defenders, but I thought they were fine. Um, obviously, yeah, more to your point. Yeah, I was thinking too, like watching the Utah Valley game. I mean, we were getting diced up, but like Lawson is the only plus defender, like theoretically, right? Yeah, yeah, you can, you can, I think Gabadon is probably really good, especially yeah, mentally. Okay. Sure, sure. Um, and Clifford has all the tools and the length, yeah. End of list. 
<laughs> but I mean, like, yeah, we we criticize Tad a lot for like the offense, um, and a lot of times, like, when we say like this is a gross offense, we're kind of beating around the bush. Like, he's not a good offensive coach; never has been. No, that's the, yeah, <laughs> he's not. <laughs> It's like this team doesn't run easy offense because it doesn't know how to. Um, That's not true. Hold on. We run horns. We run horns set. (laughs) We do the thing where the guards pass it three times in the perimeter, and then there's 10 seconds left, and we go, Clifford, make a drive. And then he chucks it against the backboard. That's good offense, dude. I was thinking about the old zone offense of just passing around the perimeter until two seconds left and then airballing a three. Shane Gatling from (laughs) D. Yeah. Oh uh, man. Um, but, but okay. But schematically, like how you take that group of players, and again, this is Lawson in addition to the scheme, and take like and have a top thirty defense in the country. I think that's fantastic. Like, it's he has the buy-in from these players. And I was going to say my highlight of the season was the two UCLA games. Yeah, played him so um, close, man. Which is yeah. very sad to say, but. They're really good. Yeah. And again, the, the UCLA on the road was a 14-point loss at the end, but we were right there for the last – until five minutes left when everything snowballed. Um, but, like, those rock-fighty wins yeah, is the identity of the program. Right. And that UCLA game at home was one of the worst games of basketball I've ever seen in my life, and I loved every second of it. <laughs> um, And, like, that's just – that's that's – how we upset teams at home. That's how we kind of always have. We Hopefully you have a good offensive player who can kind of carry the load. Yeah. Um, and maybe that would have been different if Tristan didn't roll his ankle with four minutes left, but I think we probably would have lost anyway. Um, I, I, I also think we found some, some guys that have, and we can, this will be a nice transition to looking ahead, but. Yeah, grit. Like, I think Hadley and O'Brien, through pure desperation, became dudes that mm-hmm. you want to see out there. Like, I trust O'Brien when he's out there now for, like, long stretches. I did not do that prior to this year, right? Um, and, I, you know, I think De Silva actually showed some as well. I, we talk about his defense being a liability at times, and it totally is. But he is – he hits and takes big shots all the time. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that's great. And that's that's a definition of grit too. KJ, we know, loves the moment. Um, I don't know. I think there's some pieces there to look at and say – like you said, I don't think the mentality of this team is broken necessarily. I just think there needs to be a switch up with how assertive some spots are. Yeah, um, I could – oh, I could even – like like the minutes breakdown in that home UCLA game. Was KJ thirty eight minutes, Luke O'Brien thirty six, yeah. and he was guarding Jaime Jaquez and doing a good job on him. Yeah, and then Tristan Lawson and then Ethan Wright played more than Neek uh, because it turns out that was Ethan Wright's first good game. Um, but <laughs> no, I mean I meant that in a good way. That was when his good finish to the season started because like those were the guys who made the right things happen. As a collective, um, um, yeah, I. So we're losing Ethan Wright. We just talked about him. We're losing Ethan Wright. Let's go ahead and talk about every everyone else is gone. 
The only two seniors are Ethan Wright and Jalen Gabadon, who both came in this year as grad transfers. So And they don't get a fifth year because they didn't play COVID because the Ivy League canceled their season. Yeah, and but any Ivy League did not grant them eligibility because they aren't technically on academic scholar or athletic scholarships, they're on academic scholarships. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. The Ivy League doesn't grant a- athletic scholarships. So um anyways. There's a whole thing there. So um see and that so- sucks because Princeton's in the Sweet 16. That would have been cool to see Ethan. Been, I mean, yeah, I'm, sure, made the wrong I'm sure he's fucking psyched for his... But Yale got passed out of the NIT. Eat it, Yale. We beat you twice. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I uh, Those are the two confirmed departures. The elephant in the room is that CU is bringing in three players as of right now. So, obviously, someone else will be leaving as well, if not yeah. more than someone else. And so, that's Cody Williams, yep. who we've talked about. Ad nauseum about. Yes, current number one pick in 2024. Literally the best recruit CU has ever had. Yes, absolutely. Um, Asana Ja, who's a top 100 center recruit, or top 100 recruit who is a center from Denver. And he showed up to basically every CU home game at yep. the season. Uh, and then who you mentioned earlier, Courtney Anderson, who was just the crazy athlete. Yep. Small forward who we hope to develop into a player i guess um so uh let's see the other two guys we have not talked about once rj smith retro this year six four guard from damien california um with some interesting offers and then also uh joe hurlbert retro this year from enderland north dakota he's a 610 power forward who had plenty of big 10 offers um so they will be counted in as new players as well next year. Um, so five new players slated right now, two departures, and let's just talk about it. I think we're both expecting more than one transfer out, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I think anywhere from one to four, maybe even five out wouldn't really like shock me. It would be kind of like on an individual case i could see up to like five players transferring for different reasons so i guess i'm gonna be a mccarthy guy name names here so um <laughs> yeah something we don't like to do as you I, can see i don't think quincy allen is going to be on the team next year i think he will find better opportunities elsewhere and we will wish him luck and wish him well um i don't think nick clifford will probably be on the team next year. As a senior, he should want more minutes than he will likely receive yeah. next year. Um, and I hope he does find those minutes. Dalen Kuhn situation, who's been doing great mm-hmm. in UNC. Um, and then here's my surprise. I mean, even even but, a Jerron Hopkins situation. Yeah. He ends up being great for Fresno State. Yeah. Uh, and here's one of my surprises. I don't know if Javon Ruff is going to play for CU again. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's one player I was thinking about. Um, is that for the medical reasons or for the Part, partly Tad that? And I also reason. think just Tad wants guys that can play through stuff. Or you know, it's not a huge knock. He's talked about toughness before on this team. I think he's insinuated yeah. specifically with Ruffin that sometimes it's mental. Um, yeah. And you know, he says a lot that your best ability is your availability, right? So he loves that saying. I is think that. I don't think I like think he if, really if, likes Javon Ruffin, but I just don't no, know but, if that's a fit. So I was I was agreeing with you literally until you said that 
Ruffin needs knee surgery. And then you think that because of the surgery, he's going to keep him around? Well, no, if if it's a surgery, it could be more serious than playing through it. Maybe yeah, and, and, and maybe it, it is. Surgery. I hope he can come back full, but three knee surgeries in two years freaks me out for sure. I'm sure Ruffin's also freaked out. So, mm-hmm. um, Yeah, he I, might not be like – he's very injury prone. I yeah. think we can say it. Like, and that's a pretty big issue for being 19 years old. I say this as a very injury prone human being myself. I mean, I hope he's okay. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's pretty much right. I, I didn't tell you this, but I badly sprained my ankle two weeks ago doing a fucking layup, a practice layup with no one else in the gym. Ouch. I just landed and tore a bunch of stuff. Doing great. But yes, okay, so Javon Ruffin. Well, and these are just guesses just by what makes yeah. sense with roles that will be available next year and, and yeah. the players I, currently in the roster that could take them. I do want him back. I think that even if he is like injured for most of last of the next season, whatever, I think we could kind of survive that loss for the time being and hope that he gets back and maybe give him another year at the program. Um, can he medical redshirt if he needs to? I mean, I guess it's not a Yeah, serious. you can. You can always apply. I mean, Walton applied and got his waiver. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, he already redshirted, though, Ruffin. Um, right, so did Walton. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think that he's worth seeing how he recovers. And if they, if they like him as a fit on the team, which I think he's a very, like, tad I think he's a great hard. fit. I think he's a great fit. Yeah. Well, they talk about we need guys who could willingly take shots all day. Like that's what that yeah. is, man. And also do stuff off the dribble, which he's very skilled. Um, or, I guess not skilled, but like Yeah. He's very smart. Um Can I give you an under the radar one? Yes. Wait. Do you want the 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 deep cut or the one that makes more sense? Give me the deep cut. This is going to be bad because I don't have any information. I've only heard from other people who might or might not have good information. But I guess Joe Hurlbert wouldn't be a surprise to folks in the know. Um, I guess I could we haven't seen see him that. play though. Yeah, we have not seen him. It's hard for me to say anything, but we I haven't seen him. See but the context is that Lawson is the starter for the next two years. Yeah, presumably. Asana Jop plays the same position as Hurlbert. Um, Hurlbert is also like you're not gonna run a twin towers lineup with him. Like he's probably just not good enough to I mean, some of the right things anyway. that we've heard suggest that he currently plays like a weird here's a here's talking about a deep cut, a weird like Jan Vesley. Uh, <laughs> I knew you're gonna do that. I I saw it in your face that you're gonna mention him. <laughs> uh, small forward guy. So yeah, definitely not that. Um, uh-huh. and, and Jop's gonna take minutes next year. I think. I think we all think he's gonna play. And so if 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 the Jan Vasily comp makes sense to you, I'm sorry that you had to watch those <laughs> Wizards team. Never forget, just complete tongue so, kissing his his uh his girlfriend on draft night. Um. um <laughs> Who who did you say? I wasn't even paying attention. Who did you say was going to take his minutes? It's on a job. If, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, but also, I've I also heard that he apparently is not really showing that well in practice, mm. and I feel like maybe I shouldn't even say that because it's kind of well, we don't know, we just don't know. This is di- di- disingenuous of me to mention that, but, but that's what I've heard. Yeah, we just don't know. Um, so I don't know. The obvious thing is Cody Williams is a one year opportunity, and that's what everyone's thinking yeah. about, right? Is that he is the greatest recruit he's ever had on paper. He will be here one year because of that. CU needs mm-hmm. to try to do what they can to make that work. If CU ends up having more than one transfer, so there is extra room, I would love to see them bring in, please, God, anyone else that can make a decision with the ball on the perimeter. Um, Trey oh, Woodbury, I, I have another example. Can, can I do my other transfer guess? Yeah. Uh, Julian Hammonds. I could see that. After what he showed as a starter, knowing that he's going to have even less opportunities as a point guard next year, potentially. Yeah. Um, As a starter, okay, this is going to be... Okay, so per 36 minutes. Uh, 15 points, 4 assists, 3 rebounds, and then 47% on threes, and then 50% on field goals. That's Hammond as a starter. So he just yeah. he plays very well. As a reserve per 36 minutes, it's like 11 points, four, three assists, and then 30% on threes, 36% on field goals. And he just feels like a different player. Um, he just doesn't really show up off the bench. I don't know why. We've talked about this before. Um, and it's it's just a pattern that happens. I, I don't I, I don't get it. I think we talked about it last time. Like if you are the sixth man the offense should flow through you in a way where you get to to run the show like you would as a starter. I, I don't get why he just doesn't play as well. Um, also, I was going to mention that with like the KJ Simpson needing help stuff, like Hammond wasn't very good off the ball next to KJ. Like yeah. he kind of needs the ball to be a good player. And if, and if you have KJ and Cody playing together, one of those guys should be on the floor at all times. Like yep. those are your two guards. Yep. So I don't I don't really see what his role would be. And I don't I think he has earned a chance, probably in a power five team, to run an offense as a starter. He impressed me down the stretch, uh except for Utah Valley, but there was some I don't know, there might have been some other stuff there. So I, I yeah. can totally see that. Um and, and in that case, definitely CU needs to backfill with guards that just take shots. Um, Trey Woodbury. Um, yeah, someone <laughs> that can uh, also drive from that spot it would be great, but Williams will be doing a lot of that too. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's It'll be interesting. I, I think CU will be better next year, of course, but I said that, I guess, before last year as well. So don't take it from me um, and and hope KJ can obviously come back full strength. Though it sounds like it was pretty precautionary near the end there. Um, and that team's going to have firepower. So, Oh, yeah. I forgot. Like, he had season-ending mono, which is the Andre Robertson classic. Yep. That's kind of strange, but yeah, whatever. It happens. Um, Better than a third knee surgery. Yeah. So let's uh, let's switch over to the women's team. Who, oh, well, uh, no, no, no. I'm not done. Oh, okay. Okay, so we have four projected starters, like four players who should be starting, right? So you have KJ, Cody, yep. Tristan, Lawson. Yeah. 
it might. And then the fifth starter, if things come back, is either Luke O'Brien or Javon Hadley. I think we both would prefer Luke O'Brien. I think but I want. It, I prefer a transfer. Okay. Yes, I was going to say this, but if we get our way, we get a transfer in. What kind of? Oh shit. Okay. Um. What kind of transfer do you want? Do you want a guard? Do you want a wing? Yes. Do you want a point guard? No, I want I want a guard. I want a larger bodied guard that will defend Combo the other guard. team's best player. I want Eli Parquet, basically. I want a larger okay. bodied guard that will defend the other Can team's we... best player and be able to take three dribbles from the from a pump fake and also shoot like 38% from three at high usage. So junior year parquet. Sure. So I was yeah. literally I was just thinking earlier today about how much I miss. Junior year parquet. I mean, I tell you who's perfect, Carlin Brown. I want like a Carlin Brown dude on this on this team. That would be sweet. Give me yeah. a Carlin Brown shot taker. Okay. Do you think we can like realistically what do what what's our poll? Transfer gloves are off. So now everyone's available thanks to Coach Prime. So like I, I would expect Tad to go hard after people now because Tad's already okay. been pretty good at using transfer portal and getting recruits from there. Guards know he puts guys in the NBA, which helps. Um I don't think C will be able to bid for like some of the highest level, but they'll be able to That's get some fine. good players. Okay, and then if we got a second transfer, what would your preference be? I want a pure wing. Yes, I don't. I don't think we need any more like bigs, bigs. I would want a wing, okay. like a Quincy Carrier like, guy. I don't like Quincy Carrier, but neither do I. But that, yeah, that's like pure wing. He's big yeah. muscle guy. Trayshawn Fletcher, maybe. How about that? I like that. Um, and like someone who will push for minutes, but maybe not get them. We'll yeah. see. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll do this again as we get deeper in the offseason and we see some of these rosters moves taking shape. But um, disappointing season. Yeah. For one basketball team, but the other still playing. The CU women's team has now won more NCAA tournament games in the last 10 years than they have um, ever before. Uh, not ever before. What am I trying to say? They've won more this season than they have in the last 10 years. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, They've made they are, their first Sweet 16 in the last 20 years. Thank you. That's more what I was trying to say. Um, J.R. Payne <laughs> went to the tournament the past two years in a row now, um, and this year definitely had a chance if they got the right matchups, and I think they got – uh, the right matchups. So last, or I think Monday night, CU played Duke in Durham. Uh, in the NCAA tournament game, CU was the six seed. Duke was the three seed. Um, and I watched a little bit of it, but Sam, I believe you watched all of it. Give us the uh, what? Give us the recap of what happened. Okay. So CU women. Yes. They jumped out to a fifteen to two lead. They've been the starting fast beginning. all month. Uh huh. Um, I think it's because their physicality just catches teams off guard. Uh, and really and sure, Frida Foreman just like lets it fly all the time. That was yeah, a mid ten. Frida Foreman scored twenty one points. Um, this game she she was a bit off, but Quay Miller we talked about before the yeah. tournament. She had had a cold stretch to end the season. She scored um, like she had seventeen points, four rebounds, three assists in this one. Huge. Fantastic game. Huge. Um, and she scored nine points in the first five minutes to start the game. Um, so, yeah, great lead early on. Uh, Duke started to climb back into it. 
some of their players kind of saddled in against that pressure, um, yep. hit some shots, and then they started ramping up their own pressure uh, because kind of similar as CU, they like to press and force turnovers. And then yep. once they started getting those going, CU kind of was a little shocked, I guess. Um, but eventually, like, CU did settle in again. They were only trailing for a few minutes. Then Frida Foreman hit a good shot uh, yep. to take back the lead. And eventually, closing time, Jalen Sherrod does what Jalen Sherrod does, and that is score clutch buckets. Yep. Um, miss which free is, throws. <laughs> yep. And she missed. So she scored. They were down 60-56 with a minute and a half left. Um, ended up going to overtime tied 50-50. 60 60 uh, and because no, sorry, 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 sorry. Incredible it was 50, and one. It was 50 46. Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. It was 50 46, and then it went over time 50 50 because Sherrod is so fucking fast. Like, I can't even. I She might be the fastest in college basketball. Um, she, yeah, she just got in, got bumped, hit the layup. Missed the free throw, I, and it looked. Yeah, yeah. Did you watch the Stanford home game? I did. That was heartbreaking. Yep. Because she played so well. Yep. And then the one free throw, or I guess she missed two, <laughs> but um, this one it, it turned out okay. Um, in overtime, CU clamped the fuck down. Yep. Duke didn't make a single basket. It was just free throws for them. Yep. And it was CU's game. To win, not much I else. I thought Vonley played really well down the stretch inside too. I was not realizing yes, how yes, much yes. the high post offense runs through her sometimes. Like she does a lot to determine who gets the ball. I don't like she. They give her at least oh. in this game they give her the ball a bunch in the high post and made her decide like Are you going to give it to the handoff person? Are you going to make a pass? And yeah. I don't know. Yeah, thanks for being more analytical than the the little recap. Um, also like. The offense did kind of figure stuff out once they started getting Vonley the ball yeah, uh, in the post uh, because that kind of stabilized things. And she was the, the leading scorer in, like, the fourth corner in overtime, I think. Yeah, she uh, – or she um, – they, uh, I thought – well, here, hold on. Let me back up. Celeste Miller, weird-ass stat line for Duke. Wait, Eight points. It's Celeste Taylor, by the way. I was going to have this also. So close. Uh, eight points. What was it? Ten boards, eight assists, ten steals. Right? Yeah. That's in, it's almost a quadruple double. Yeah, in in the weirdest way to not get a quadruple double. Um. Yeah. Look their offense look gross right, on the did. stretch, but that's what CU does to people. They make their offense look gross. So like, like that kind of made sense. Kendall Weta once again doing a job. Um. And Quay Miller having a huge breakout game. Um, CU has two big bigs inside that can handle a little bit, which I feel like is really, um, rare. I don't know if it is. I feel like it is. I don't know. I don't know how many other teams have that. Sherrod, like, is literally a zero shooting. Um, which, well, she had some shots. Did you hear what she said after the game? What? Against Middle Tennessee? Because they put that one in Durham as well, and, and... you know, see who popped off from three that game and someone asked her about it. She said, yeah, well, it's a shooter's gym, I've heard, but for someone like me, there's no such thing as a shooter's gym. I'm glad <laughs> the rest of our team, I was like, oh my god. 
She's funny. Yeah, well, she said after this game, someone asked her what made what made her choose Colorado, and she said that was the only Power Five offer I had. What choice did I have? And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, uh, she's great. Um, yeah. but th- they are now playing the opposite of Duke in the next game here. Um, the highest seed left in the bracket. Yeah. She actually she made a three against Middle Tennessee, so maybe it go. was a shooter's gym. Um, there you go. But yeah, that that game, I. I adore this CU team. I just, I've I have nothing else to say. They they're actually good. That's yeah. the thing. Yes, they are um, actually very good. And they weren't. They're protect- cohesive. Yeah. They also have their identity of just fucking shit up. Yeah. And just getting like they that's how they beat these talented teams is they just rock fight them. Super them with experience. Yeah. yeah. Um. And like again, like the endurance too to play that hard, and then to come out on top at the very end. It's a fun brand of basketball to watch, um, except for when you're watching them turn the ball over like a million times because they just oh yeah, the complete half court passes. But um, oh, my my favorite thing they do too is the guards like to get downhill, and then they get to the baseline, and if they can't cut along the baseline, they just run out of bounds with the ball. It's. <laughs> incredible yeah Foreman is so huge just the way she moves out without the ball um in order to get open she relocates all the time it's great she has the quickest trigger too oh my god she know well she knows she has the greenest of lights because they need scoring so she's just like yeah every shot's good um and she makes them yes yes um they play iowa next Iowa has yep. you know, one of the most famous women's players in the last few years, probably. Caitlin Clark, incredible scorer. Probably um, the but, best women's player since Brianna Stewart. Maybe wow. better. No. Or maybe, probably not. No, she can't be better, actually. No. Sorry. I got a little. Maybe she might be a better a all around as a scorer and a, a passer. She had 22 points and 14 assists last game. Yes. She's she averaging 27 points, eight and a half assists, seven rebounds. Shooting, yeah, near 40% on three. Yeah. She's just elite, elite, elite. Kind of like, um, kind of Kelsey like Plum, I think. No, I think like Kelsey no. Plum. No. Yeah. Uh, Kelsey Plum is more, I don't know how to just, hmm. Caitlin Clark is big too. She's six foot. Yeah. Kelsey taller. Plum is still, she's a little small. I meant more in just in terms of total impact. I feel like, like, see, he's played against yeah. Kelsey Plum before. I don't know. So it, regardless, you're gonna. In my opinion, the way you do this is you're gonna have to let her get hers, right? And the, the way you win yep. is you make sure that no one else gets theirs, and she can score forty as long as they score fifty. Um, and uh, maybe possible the way that CU plays team defense. I don't know. I don't think Iowa's bigs can match up that well defensively with CU's bigs. Quay Miller's gonna need to have a huge game here. Um, Iowa has a lot of shooters though. Like they are going to try to shoot the hell out of the ball. Um, I don't know. I think CU's longer though. I think CU's longer than I was. Sorry, I'm looking at Kelsey Plum's senior year stat log. Yeah, she's really, really good. Disgusting. Yeah, she's really good. She, she 57 points against Utah. Uh, 44 on seven of eight threes. Oh my god, she's so good. Um, sorry, I wasn't listening to a word you were saying. I was just thinking. I'm also an Aces fan, so I get to watch her as much. I don't. As I, can. I, I just. Don't, I don't think I was as long as CU is as a team. I think they have oh. better shooters, but I don't know. Yeah. Um. 
I literally don't know anyone else on Iowa besides her. Well, I think the defensive okay. game plan is to make it make sure you keep it that way, right? Just make sure that yeah. she takes every shot and and make those shots hard. Um, Let me look in, up. I will say this. I will say this. I think it is a an advantage. I don't think it's a huge advantage. I do think it's an advantage that CU's next game. They go back for a week of classes. They have spring break the next week after this, and they and they're playing this in Seattle. So CU's played in Seattle yep. before all the time. Um, CU is used to the flight from Seattle. The traveling less than Iowa is not by much, but it is a lot smaller. Like I feel like that familiarity helps, and the fact they don't have class the next week allows them to do. I don't know. It feels like it's just easier for them to make this trip. So we'll see. Yeah. Um. It looks like they are pretty big, Iowa. All I think they're big. Are... I don't know if they're that. Like, I, don't you? I just feel like CU. As a team, their calling card is how fast everyone is, even if they're big. Like, yeah. I just don't okay. know. I I think UCLA can match up with that. Stanford, obviously, but they're out. I just don't know how Big Ten. Yeah, I don't know how Stanford lost. I, I don't know how Big Ten women's basketball plays. If it's like Big Ten men's basketball, then they're going to be tall. But do they have, like, I don't know, are they laterally quick? I don't know. Let me think. So I'm looking at their Creighton box score last year. So CU did have the common opponent. They lost to Creighton, and then Creighton beat Iowa. And Iowa's team this year is not has had terrible – like, they've gotten dunked on this year a few times. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Oh my, yeah. Lost to Indiana, well, who just lost to Miami. It lost also appears Maryland that Iowa – 30. Ew. Iowa has two players who shoot the ball. Yeah. That would be Clark – and then Monica Zanano, who is their center. Yeah. NC State is, beat them as an unra- unra- unranked team by 13. How do you score 62 points with five turnovers only? Got to be this such a gross. slow game. Ugh, ugh. So, I, yeah, they're, they're pretty battle-tested. The Big Ten is a pretty good women's basketball conference. So is CU. It'll be a fun game, and I'm excited we get to watch it. If, if somehow CU pulls off an Elite Eight in this run – that, that's an all-time season in, in both basketball programs. So Yeah, they did it in 2002. Yeah, well, Seal Berry is a legend for a reason, right? Yeah, I was going to ask. Um, Kate Fagan was the, the lead guard of those teams. She came and she spoke. was there. Yeah, she was there in Durham to talk to them. And Shelly Sheets. Uh, another, another fun little fact before we get off this topic. Shelly Sheets. Saved Jalen Sherrod, who was mistakenly given a foul as a foul out with like five oh, minutes left in the game. I didn't know that. Yeah, and uh, Shelly Sheets just went over and like yelled at the video, like the refing crew, saying, "No, she wasn't even anywhere near the play. How can you foul her out?" And they went back and reviewed and gave the foul to someone else. Kept Sherrod in the oh, game. Oh, good. Shelly Sheets, I didn't, I didn't... legend. Yeah, still um, saving us. I think that's all I had. I mean, continue to watch this team. They're really fun. They play fast, aggressive ball, and they all care a lot. Um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I will say, like, this team, they the players, they adore each other. You yeah. can just see it in the way they play. Yeah. Um, it's just – I just I, – I like and, when – And hope to God she comes teams. back next year. I think she will. I don't – she she has another year if she wants it. Um. Also, she wasn't honored at senior day. I will. I should mention oh, well, that. That actually her and, huge. Her, I don't think. I. I think that this is true. I. I'm not sure. Her and Quay were not honored, even though they were seniors. 
They only honored Tay Jones. That would be huge for next year. Um, also, Tay Jones, she's going to be the one guarding Caitlin Clark. Um, so she's definitely the worst offensive player in the rotation. But you hope that she can hit a couple threes, which she does time to time. And because she'll probably have to play a little bit more minutes. Yeah. Guarding Clark. Um, anything Do you have any updates? To, uh, football notes? No, just, just send us home. Okay. We got to wrap soon. Spring practice starting. Spring practice has started two days in. <laughs> out. Watch these videos. <sighs> You're insane. Please watch these videos. They're very fun. It's hard not to get excited about the, the just difference in it's one of those moments. We've had a lot of these moments where I was watching a YouTube video of a spring practice hosted by my head coach's son, which was everything about that is hilarious to me. And uh, I was watching this former one in 11 team. Uh, I was watching Shador Sanders throw a pass to Travis Hunter. Um, and I realized that there was 300,000 views on the, on the video. And I was like, Oh, so we're just that different. So, so everything's just different now. We literally just changed everything. Um, it was one of those moments. It's really cool, man. I would watch these. Um, Sanders is looking like you want a quarterback to look. Um, and and obviously Travis Hunter practicing mostly on offense right now might be news to some. Um, he will definitely play a lot of receiver next year. Um, so continue to watch these. My favorite new moment has been how angry of a man Sal Sanceri is at defensive line coach. Um, if you were to cast a defensive line coach in like the longest yard, he is who you would cast. It is. Mm. If you watch the video, they do not like he's mean, like he's, he's, he's going, he's doing what you want a defensive line coach to do, I guess. Um, there's a moment in the first practice video where, uh, it's it's offensive line, it's defensive line, and and it's it's just reps on reps, right? So it's like defensive end trying to get to the quarterback, offensive line trying to stop him. Um, and this interior defensive lineman has this incredible rip move where he gets to the quarterback in like half a second, right? Um, and Sal Sanceri goes like, "Oh yeah, it's a good move for a slow of an asshole you are." And you're just like, "Oh my god, he literally just did like exactly what you wanted to do," and it, you know. Whatever. Anyways, it's they're fun. It's fun to see the personalities and uh, get excited because they. I don't know. It's a new era, and Sam's not taking advantage. I just I I CU football has beat me down to the point. Look, man, this is literally even, the most different you could possibly be, though. Oh, no, like, I know, I know, I know, I know. I think the big difference here actually is that I don't really like the sport of football that much i think that's our issue fundamental issue yeah that would do it they're not playing the sport of football if that makes you want to watch it more because they're practicing like i don't know if people can tell this about you but you fucking love love the sport like it just shows you want to analyze you want to you want to see how all these blocking schemes are you want to see how the H back is used in this guy's offense. I don't know how you follow it. And I learned so much about football just from you. And Still I appreciate very you kind. See it differently than me. I think I love the sport of CU football and I will do anything possible to, to get closer to that. Um uh, but that's yes. not true. So anyways, watch the videos. They're super fun. Um and uh I just 
you know, it's fun to see that full look into practice. No other program gets what we get, so I would like to take advantage of that. We get 12 minutes of uncut, like, I shouldn't say uncut, but pretty raw highlights every day. And, like, I don't know, we get to watch Tim Brewster, like, cuss his ass off on videos when he's talking about the tight end losing a one-on-one rep. Fun. Fun stuff. Um, and the team just looks different, man. Like like I said, hard to, hard to feel not excited, Sam, when you're watching – the best quarterback recruit we've had in the last 25 years passed to the literal best recruit ever. Oh my God. Is this late breaking news? What? Loss and love. just talking? entered the transfer portal. <laughs> fuck. That sucks. Oh fuck. Okay. That really, really sucks. Oh, shit. Maybe that's making room for Grant, that Wyoming guy. But no, it's not. It's just awful, probably. Oh, wow. Have fun going to bed on that, Sam. Should we talk about that? Uh, that's really hard to do <laughs> at the end of this. this might I be guess we're going to be looking later. for... Damn. Oh, God, that's awful. Bad beat. He's so good at defense, dude. Uh... (laughs) Wow, live. So we're going to be recruiting a center now. That's my contribution to this. (laughs) Yeah, let's not do this. Let's not try to do this. <laughs> okay, let us sit. He could still come back. Probably not. Yeah, maybe. But no, he won't. That's awful. Wow. Okay. Well, we're going to end on that. Cool. See ya. See ya. Buzz! Buffs! Buffs!